Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Hi, and welcome back to Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. This is Sister Veritas. And this is Sister Anuste. And it's just a gift to be back with you all. And with you, sister. As always. (laughs) Sister, it's a pure delight. It is. Amen. What are we up to this week? Or how have you been? You know, I've been pretty good. You know, it's been a busy, busy week. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, yesterday kind of suffered an interesting experience. Mm. Um, Sorry to hear that. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of those moments you're like, you wish you could kind of rewind, go back in time, and hadn't made that particular decisions. But, uh, yeah, I spilled water on a laptop. Oof. You know, there's m- many cups around this laptop and just a slight overextension of the hand. Oof. And it was like, you know, the slow motion moment where the water pours over and into the keyboard area. Oof. Yeah. Well, oof. I'm so sorry, sister. It's painful. And then you're like, you know, shaking it. Like, please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I've never really done this to electronic. I've done other things to electronics, but, um, but apparently you put it in rice. Is the solution? I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah, I think it's. I'm remotely familiar, but it's. Uh, is that uh, the remedy you applied? Yeah, I I, I buried it in rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of this sad experience. It's upside down in rice, and apparently draws the water out. You know. Wow. Yeah, and uh, but I have to say it it I just turned it on and it works. Um, Hallelujah. Amen. So I praise Jesus. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's rice stuck inside of it, so when I shake it, I can hear tremors. I imagine at some point I'll have a terrible effect, but until that point... Um, it's working. I'm, it's working. Gosh, do you get to eat the rice afterwards? I was going to see if we could boil it up, you know? Hmm. You know, don't you think that it's would be... It's been fortified. Yeah, it's been fortified, and when you boil something, it's sanitized. Yeah. Do you feel yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. clean. Yeah, it's clean. Well, it sounds like, sister, you went from woe... Like, whoa. You know, like, like, kind of the bad whoa. Like, W-O-E. Right. You went from W-O-E to W-H-O-A. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> from whoa to whoa. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but listen, I actually think the strong connection to what we're talking about today. It, you know, it, it, I think it does. Let love suffer with you. Yeah. Yeah, and what a poignant thing to talk about. Amen. You know, especially because we all suffer. It's real. It's real. The struggle is real. Yeah. And what does love want to do there? Yeah. Well, that's great. Maybe we could start with a prayer. Sounds good, sister. Do you want to leave? Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who through our baptism has united um, himself to each of us, uh, who has uh, come into the fullness of our life. We ask uh, for every grace to receive this gift of risen life, of um, healing love, of a presence that is resurrection. And we ask in a special way to be vulnerable to this love, especially in the places we suffer. Uh, We ask, Holy Spirit, that you guide our minds and our hearts, 
uh, fill our souls with the peace um, of Jesus Christ. And Blessed Mother, draw us into your Immaculate Heart that we might peacefully abide in and through this day as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Compassion, pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So let love suffer with you. What's this all about? You know, I I think it's such a profound question and thing to think about because one, um, just to acknowledge the truth that suffering, like we said, suffering is real and we all suffer. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that anybody really normally wants. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Right. And, and, um, and so what, like, what does love look like in suffering? What, what does love have to do with suffering? Mm-hmm. You know, why suffering? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions surrounding suffering, you mm-hmm. know, especially in our own lives and then the lives of th- those we love when we watch them suffer, right? Amen. And which is, which is another suffering. It is, right? <laughs> well, is. well, sister, all of your questions make me think of a document that I read that really changed my life. It's called uh, Salva Fici Dolores. Mm. And this is, uh, John Paul II wrote this during his um, time as Pope. And it talks all about the Christian meaning of human suffering. Wow. And I don't know, I highly recommend a read on this. It's a short document. It actually leans into everything that you were asking. Um, And I think that every human heart asks. Mm. It's Mm. like, why? Mm-hmm. Really, why? Because mm-hmm. we know, actually, we're not made for suffering. There's an aversion to it. Yeah. Uh, even Padre Pio said, don't pray for it. <laughs> it living the day uh, in in itself can, can be enough. Um, but I wonder if I did like a four-and-a-half-minute commercial on this document, if it might uh, be a little teaser for people, and it might f- kind of frame our conversation. Yeah, I love that, sister. Well, here we go. Um, I think basically, John Paul II, and again, we've talked a lot about him, mm-hmm. he knew suffering across the board. Mm-hmm. Communism, World War II, um, he, he saw it. Yeah. He lived it. Yeah. And basically what you were saying, sister, is the reality that um, suffering is part of the human condition. You know, it's it's inevitable. It's in a way, um, it's suffering is, is as deep as man himself. Um, and yet, so we don't, we can't really choose it. And I think if you ask anyone, suffering kind of finds them. Yeah. You yeah. know? No matter what you do. It's just, there it is. Mm-hmm. You wake up and mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. And it's all its shapes and colors and forms. But what John Paul II proposes is that we do have a choice in how we live it. And that he says suffering is one of those points in which we're not beaten. The human person is not beaten, but rather destined to go beyond himself. Mm. Uh, Not not only that, but that the church, I know sometimes we get a bad rap for saying, you know, offer it up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Suffering is good. And I think suffering has potential Mm -hmm. to bear great fruitfulness and Mm -hmm. good. Uh, in our lives uh, as we live it with Christ. Mm-hmm. But in itself, it's actually a, a great evil. It is. It is. 
and that the church actually wants to meet the human person um, in a special way, wherever he might be suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, within that, and then um, he also recognizes that there's physical suffering, but there's also spiritual suffering, mm-hmm. this pain of the soul, which, you know, I would say it's, it's easy to slap a Band-Aid on, take a few Tylenol, mm-hmm. but the pain of the soul is much more difficult uh, to treat. And I think just, um, and again, another little nugget, it's that um, when we suffer, what it reveals to us is actually the good that we've been made for. Mm-hmm. Because in a sense, when we experience any kind of evil, it points to the reality that I'm good yeah. and I'm made for a tremendous good. Mm-hmm. And when any piece or part of that good isn't experienced, mm-hmm. I suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells us a lot about who we are, mm-hmm. made in the image and likeness of God. And that ultimately brings us to the question, why? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's the, one of the cries of the human heart, why? You know, mm-hmm. when we're in the midst of our own suffering or another's, why do we suffer? Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes me think of, um, and I, I love everything you're saying, sister, and it, it, it kind of draws me to think of the book of Job, mm-hmm. you know, where, his, where he was really um, experienced very profound sufferings, and the question was asked, why? And all his friends, even his wife, were like, it's because you did something wrong. Mm. And Job was like, no, I didn't, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, and kind of God allowed this, but it wasn't uh, something he did, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it, it's a, it kind of points to a great mystery because, you know, suffering can be the results of a lot of things, um, in a, in a deep sense, it's it's part of the human condition now after the fall, mm-hmm. right? Suffering that. Um, and it's not necessarily a punishment. Like, it, it can be in the sense of, you know, kind of there's, like, spiritual laws of gravity, you mm-hmm. know? If I, you know, whack my arm against a brick wall, I, I might break <laughs> it. And if I do something like that spiritually, there's, you know, there's kind it's gonna of... Hurt. It's going to hurt, right? So there's that. But it's like... Um, there's also just the reality of, of original sin after the fall. Mm-hmm. We're in that kind of broken place that um, we're not able to receive fully God's life and love. And that in itself is a source of suffering. And mm-hmm. we, we kind of have a, our kind of interior compass is slightly off kilter, um, which, which, I mean, is a suffering in itself, but leads us to maybe choose things that um, hurt, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one kind of uh, approach. Or, or just the, the mystery of sometimes God allows things mm-hmm. um, that we don't, necessarily understand Mm -hmm. and it's nothing we've done you know um well sister actually uh, you're hearkening right to uh the document Mm -hmm. uh, because that's precisely the example that john paul ii uses Mm -hmm. and as you're saying um actually job in a way prefigures christ Mm -hmm. because he suffers and he suffers innocently Mm -hmm. and he knows that and responds what's so beautiful he shows us the fundamental response to living our sufferings um fruitfully and meaningfully and this is the response of faith, mm. uh, that it's not a consequence, his suffering, of a fault, but rather um, it develops this idea of suffering. And even if you look in the Old Testament, God's chosen people, they suffer. You know, in and through their journey through the desert, um, God's design in that was not to destroy them, but to discipline them. And in that example, we see the potential of suffering to rebuild goodness, 
and the individual who suffers. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a sense, we see both in the Old and New Testament, ultimately, if you take a closer look, that suffering serves uh, for conversion, uh, for the rebuilding of goodness, um, that in a way throws a person to their knees Mm -hmm. to recognize God's merciful call of love, Um, this potential to overcome evil um, and allow God's strength to do that. And also draws into deeper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this ushers us to the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. ultimately. Because I think at the heart of the question of suffering for the, for the Christian is the potential we have in mm-hmm. the experience of suffering flows forth from the cross. Yeah. Amen, sister. That's beautiful. And, and I think it's like at the end of the day, actually, the only answer to suffering is the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's the only one who can answer and ever will be able to answer our suffering. Um, and it's, it's all found in him and who took it all on himself, right? It's like, I think there's a quote from Pope Benedict that says, when we look at our you know, life and all these questions, you know, why did this happen? Why did this happen? He says, well, one day we will look at his wounds and we will understand, you know? Mm. Um, but it's it's really it's really something this this um, like this our our religion as Christians is the only religion um, that holds out to us a suffering God wow. and a God who suffers with and takes upon himself our suffering and that it's significant actually <laughs> well it's incredible sister yeah. in, in truth I love what you're saying mm-hmm. that there's no suffering we can find that he has not. Mm-hmm. entered into completely mm-hmm. uh, that in a sense suffering all of our lives and the whole experience of our lives whatever it finds has been linked to love mm. because that's precisely what put Jesus on the cross uh, this reality that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish mm. but have eternal life uh, and in a sense this is what the cross gives us. Um, he overcame death, mm-hmm. and um, he rose. I mean, look at the hope we have yeah. in our faith. Yeah, it's stunning. I mean, it's really astounding if you really think about it. He conquered suffering and death. He transformed it. He took the real, real evil, you know, and brought a greater good than if it hadn't happened at all. And it's amazing, you know, God Almighty who created the universe refused to let us be alone in our suffering. He, he would not, he would not stand for it. He mm. wanted to come and be with, you know? Well, and it's that being with, mm-hmm. I know that uh, is kind of the, the heart of it for me in mm-hmm. the sense, suffering is always a trial. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something we like or prefer. Mm-mm. And yet, as we lean into it with faith and we lift our eyes in faith, to Jesus on mm. the cross, um, we are drawn into that essential uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Because actually what we see is that Jesus lived his suffering. How, how was he sustained in his suffering? Mm. Through his passion. Mm. Relationship with the Father. Wow, sister. That's awesome. Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful. It draws us into relationship, and that's yeah. what we need the most. Yeah. And we need that presence yeah. of the love of the Father. Um, this is how we let love into our suffering yeah. and responding mm-hmm. as sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is. It's this 
posture of surrender Mm -hmm. and receptivity and abandonment Mm -hmm. and yet which are hard Mm -hmm. those can be hard yeses and yet they're far sweeter and far more blessed than when we live in rejection Mm -hmm. or um you know any of those postures that ultimately bring us into a misery that's what i think the christ makes the difference between suffering being um Uh, meaningful and doable versus absolutely miserable amen sister i love that i love that and and i think it's important to say too like often there can be an experience whatever suffering it is physical mental moral spiritual Mm -hmm. sometimes there can be a a thought like god where are you Mm -hmm. where are you in this like i feel so alone i'm so you know and it's Mm -hmm. like actually the truth and what what the lord on the cross um gives us is himself and that the lord and i want to say this i think it's important to say this he doesn't enjoy our suffering mm. he doesn't it's not like he he wants it you know he's not taking pleasure in it he actually suffers with us mm-hmm. in our suffering and he suffers more profoundly than we do because mm-hmm. he's he is the lord mm. you know so it's it's a deep withness even um even if it might feel kind of like we're on the cross you know you know, God, God, why have you abandoned me? You know, he quotes Psalm 22, which is ultimately a sum of hope if you want to look it up. But it's like, um, even if we think like, God, are you punishing me? No, he's with you in your suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's like to let him, you know, let him let be him, with you. Let him in. Let him in. Well, and even we can go to the Gospels and yeah. see this. Yeah. Totally fleshed out, totally embodied. Um, I love uh, the passage, the widow uh, at Nain. Mm-hmm. And here we see uh, a mother mourning the death of her son. And Jesus sees this woman and has compassion, compassio, his whole heart and being. The meaning of this word is so deep and rich in the original word, literally to suffer with, to enter into wow. her passion. And um, he told her, do not weep. He offered words of consolation. And then, yeah, he worked the powerful grace of, of his life. Mm-hmm. In the, that he's, He looked to the young man who was dead at the time, and he said, I say to you, arise. Wow. And he did. Wow. And in a sense, but to focus more on, he was right there with her mm-hmm. in her sorrow, in her suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we don't get the obvious resurrection at the end of the day, uh, we do get a Lord who is with us. Mm. That's so beautiful, sister. I love, I mean, and, and it's just, it keeps going on, like the other gospel mm-hmm. stories, like, and, I mean, similar in the sense of raising from the dead, but Lazarus, right? Yeah. And how profound is that? You watch um, Gospel of John, the whole the whole event of, of Lazarus, but Jesus goes there and he is so moved by the sorrow of Mary and Martha. Mm. He It says, Jesus wept. It's the shortest line in scripture. Jesus wept. And he's weeping. I mean, he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. But what does he first do? He enters um, deeply into the suffering mm. of those he's with and, and mourns his friend. And I, I actually heard a priest say that the tr- proper translation actually implies he wept more than all of them. Wow. Which is so profound and beautiful. Um, but that's what he did first. He entered into suffering before he called Lazarus from the dead. How powerful that is, you know? Oh, sister, I love it. Yeah. 
Lazarus. Well, even to go to um, the passage of uh, Jairus, yeah. um, this man who fell at Jesus' feet, because begging, my daughter is mm-hmm. at the point of death. So Jesus says, I'm, I'll, all right, let's, I'll follow you there. Mm-hmm. I'll come with you. You, know, you just see instantly he's ready to move. Yeah. Um, this is a man, our Lord, his heart is so <laughs> filled with compassion. Yeah. On the way, yeah, the hemorrhaging woman. Yeah, uh, reaches out in faith. So he's healing people along the way. And and actually, she is a great example to us of suffering 12 years, spent everything trying to find a remedy. One act of faith, she reaches out. One act of faith, touches the hem of Jesus' garment mm-hmm. and is healed by claiming, um, stepping into her relationship, her identity as daughter, finds mm-hmm. that healing. He continues on his way, right? Yeah. And um, as he comes to this house, people are wailing. People mm. are so sorrowful. The, the little girl's believed to be dead. And what does he say before he even gets close to the house? Do not fear. Mm. Only believe. And he went right into that house of pain, right into that house of sorrow, fearlessly. Mm. And they, they actually laughed at him. They yeah. laughed at him. Uh, you know, what are you doing? You're going into death. You can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And yes, he can do something. He can transform that place. And he took her hand. He said, Talitha Kum, little Mm -hmm. girl, arise. And they were amazed. Why? Because in the living God, in Jesus Christ, we claim a power that we do not have ourselves. Amen, sister. Amen. And it is faith that, that precedes miracles. It is faith, our response of faith from the inside out, that that ennobles God and sets him free to to bring that life yeah into the heart of our pain gives him permission to Amen. come in there I love that sister that's yeah. powerful yeah yeah this is what our God loves to do it's true and, and it's like it keeps it, it just it's full the gospels are full of this like you think of you know the the crowds who are hungry that he's looking at before he performs the miracle of the loaves mm-hmm. and it says you know his heart is moved with pity but I've also heard another priest say that the, the correct translation, it's like he was moved like to his very gut. Like it's a visceral, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and we, maybe we've experienced that. I don't know, but like, <laughs> but you know, Absolutely. it's like, oh, it, it, it hurts. Absolutely. It, he hurts because of the hunger of the crowds, you know, or um, like that. I mean, so many times Jesus ate with sinners, mm-hmm. you know, and for us, it's like we hear that on Sunday, like, oh, that's nice. But it's like, I mean, just to put it in perspective, that's like Jesus going to the crack house, hmm. you know, and eating. You know, it's like kind of like the people on the fringe of society who, who we, you know, God bless them who we love. But in terms of like societal kind of mm-hmm. realm, it's like you just don't do that. <laughs> you just don't do that. And he did, you know, basically the social equivalent of that, Amen. you know, and it's like entering into that place, you know. I'm leaning into other suffering. Yep. Um, yep. This is our God to the point of obviously the crucifixion. Yeah. Right. When he actually takes on yeah. my sin and suffering. So there's almost like, it's like, it is so counterintuitive because I think when we're confronted with suffering mm-hmm. and the pain and the sorrow and the frustration mm-hmm. and the death, it's like, um, it seems absurd. Mm-hmm. It seems totally absurd. And it is on our own strength, if we're leaning and relying on our own resources, it is. But this is the dare that in in that place, 
Jesus has spoken a promise mm -hmm. that we have but to claim. Mm -hmm. And as we reach out in faith, and I wonder, it's like, I what does this actually look like? Mm. I love that question, sister. Well, yeah. it makes me think of the saints, actually, mm. who... Um, they all suffered. Right. <laughs> pick, pick your suffering. It's they, amazing. They did it, you know? But like, what's the difference between the saints and me? They suffered with Jesus. Mm. Every drop. Big sufferings, little sufferings. It was with Jesus. You know, they let love suffer with them. Mm. Right? And, and in them, you know? Um, and it... I mean, one of the first examples that I, I kind of popped into my head was St. Therese and her dad, mm. um, St. Louis Martin, as they say en français. <laughs> <laughs> but um, St. Louis, um, after Therese had entered the convent, he really uh, experienced some, some profound um, mental health um, suffering, you know, and, and really mm. in a way, quote unquote, lost his mind, wow. right? And, you know, we have three or four of his daughters in the cloister and they can't go to him hmm. and you know he's literally on home like wandering around the streets like a homeless man and the suffering for wow. himself but also for his daughters watching their father mm. you know that's just that's such a deep suffering and their their hands are tied they can't do anything oh you know? wow deep deep suffering wow yeah and therese lived that with the lord she did and she lived it with the lord um, and she saw the lord in it and, and felt him actually very profoundly, she would say, wow. in that experience. Yeah. And yet a tremendous suffering. I yeah. mean, to watch someone we love suffer, yeah. whether that's psychologically, physically. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, yeah, it's got to be one of the most painful things. I, hands down. Hands down. Wow. Or even, you know, there's a new saint, uh, St. Mark G. And uh, he was Chinese, so he died as a martyr in 1900. Uh, but it's, he has an incredible story because he really suffered um, addiction mm. uh, for most of his, his life. And again, almost half of it. Um, he died at age 66. Uh, but really for the last 30 years, um, he was a physician. And so he had a stomach condition. And so he started to, to take medicine for that. But then he became addicted to it. And he was a, seriously addicted. Um, and he would bring it to confession, and at this day and age, they didn't understand the nature of addiction and that he was truly addicted, and so he would truly be repentant, and yet um, at a point he was denied the sacraments uh, because, again, there was confusion, understanding just really mm -hmm. how deeply he was suffering. Um, and he prayed and prayed and prayed um, mm -hmm. that the chains of addiction would be removed, um, and he still attended Mass, even though he couldn't receive. Mm. And he never stopped believing uh, in the merciful love of his, of his Lord. And um, in God's mercy, if you can believe it, uh, you know, again, this is a little piece of history, but in the early, early 1900s mm. um, in China, uh, there was this Boxer Rebellion, and um, the Chinese nationalists, uh, they really cracked down on Christians. So um, many, many, many were martyred at this mm. time. And St. Mark was rounded up with dozens of other Christians, including his son and his six grandchildren, his two daughters-in-law. Wow. And he was given the chance to apostatize, uh, but he refused. Wow. He, he claimed his faith, and he insisted and asked that um, he has to be killed last so that 
none of his relatives would die alone. And as he awaited his death, he sang the litany um, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And again, this is incredible because, I mean, this is a man who was basically, he was in bondage for most mm. of his life, but he, he held he held on to his faith. Mm-hmm. He held, he, he stayed in that relationship with God. He clung to it with every little, with his pinky finger. <laughs> and he was given the incredible grace to die for his faith. Wow. And he's, he is a saint. Wow. I mean, wow. it's kind of incredible. It's stunning. I actually, I, I have shivers. I don't think I've hold, heard all of that before. Wow. It's really moving. Yeah, he's one of my new favorites. Yeah. yeah. St. Mark, pray for us. Amen. It, but it gives hope, you know, like hearing these stories. Like, yeah, like I was even thinking of um, uh, St. Noel Chabanel, who's mm. um, one of the North American martyrs. You're in a French kick. <laughs> I do love French saints, actually. It's not because they're French, but it just happens to be that way. He was one of the North American martyrs uh, who came to Canada uh, with St. Jean de Brebeuf and St. Gabriel de Lamont, bringing the faith to um, the Native Americans um, and serving them. And uh, it's amazing because he was this really, like, renowned linguist back in Europe. Hmm. Brilliant at languages. Brilliant. Hmm. And he came to Canada, and he couldn't get the language. He he never, he never oh, got it. The poor guy. And actually, all his other confreres, they got it. They were able to master it and speak it, and he never did. And just the kind of the humiliation of that, he, he who is a renowned linguist. Um, but he felt God calling him to be there and still serve the people with his fumbling, like he couldn't really communicate with them. But he felt called to be there. And so it's like this littleness. Like he mm. could, what, what could he quote unquote do? I don't know. Mm. Other than, you know, be a priest and, and pray. Um, but even his martyrdom was like secret in the woods. Like they didn't know till later. So it's like this this hiddenness, this um, seeming failure. You know, what great thing did he do, actually? You know, (laughs) it's kind of like, right? And it's like, but it's like, yeah, hiddenness, weakness, failure. And he's a great saint, you know, but but the suffering of that, suffering his weakness, suffering his failure. It is powerful. Yeah. Well, and and I guess in all these examples, you just see the potential, Mm -hmm. the potential of glorifying God, Mm -hmm. of, of, being transformed mm-hmm. of well and even the reality that when we suffer with Christ mm-hmm. somehow it has potential to be uh, blessed mm-hmm. uh, blessed are the poor yeah um, you know blessed are those who mourn yeah that there's a promise that God is going to be with us yeah and then actually um, I don't know I don't know if you've ever had the experience sister of kind of passing through a trial or mm-hmm. you know whether it's spiritual or otherwise. And in the midst of it, it was so confusing and uprooting and uh, mystifying. Mm-hmm. And you're like, get me out of this, get me out of this. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally just kind of turned yourself over to it and say, okay, Lord, what are you doing? And lead me on. Mm-hmm. And as he draws you through passion, death, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> that resurrection, you almost want to turn to the Lord and say, do it again, <laughs> which know. sounds crazy. But when you yeah. realize what he's done through it, yes, that there yes. has been a transformation, you see things in a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I remember speaking to someone who they had just moved through a, a, a terrible time of illness and it was kind of like this, okay, great, let's go back to, mm-hmm. to normal. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, no, no, I, I don't want to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we've been transformed through this experience mm-hmm. and we want to live forth from wow. the new gift that wow. it has brought into our lives. Wow. And uh, it's powerful. I think you're only a believer after you live it. Um, <laughs> it's true. But uh, step one is daring. It's true. Daring to trust and respond in faith. It's true. To the trial before you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and with Christ, like you're saying, you know, because I think there's, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the posture to approach it with in our hearts. Because we, we can be tempted to two extremes, you know, mm. one is mm. completely running from suffering, right? And I, I mean, I think of the image of, it's a funny image, but have you ever seen the image of like those gyms and they have escalators going up? So people don't, <laughs> don't have to walk, but it's like this <laughs> Oh, no. running from suffering I mean it's a silly example but it's because people can do I mean they do crazy things to not suffer but actually leads to more suffering yes. you know and it's and the world often says there's no room for your suffering mm. there's no there's no room here mm-hmm. and then Christ says I have room mm-hmm. I have room for your suffering you know so so there's that extreme you know running from it yep or there's kind of a exalting in it or like wanting it or and it's like that's not healthy actually either mm-hmm. you know it's like that that you know it's like thomas aquinas i think talks about moderation but it's mm-hmm. like that middle and, and what is it it's actually being with christ yes. and receiving receiving him in it because every suffering actually is jesus is there yes well and in that too sister yes it's like the virtue mm-hmm. finding the mean between the extremes mm-hmm. and the blessing mm-hmm. of that um, but I think, I mean, and as we, uh, we just kind of move in conclusion of such a beautiful conversation, it's mm-hmm. just, oh, it's a blessing to mm-hmm. ponder this, that we find in it, um, Christ and we find in it a call to mm-hmm. follow him, mm-hmm. to allow in a way for him to transform that place. Mm-hmm. Because right, if we deny or numb it, well, after I'm done denying and numbing it, it's still there. Mm-hmm. But with Christ, and this is from um, John Paul II, in suffering, he says, there is concealed a particular power that draws a person interiorly close to Christ, and it is a special grace. Um, in a way, and I'm paraphrasing, it gives birth to the interior maturity and the spiritual greatness mm-hmm. that we actually desire to live and that we, we have the potential mm-hmm. to live. And this is in the little things, you know, suffering the decisions we make, the misspoken words, mm-hmm. oops, foot in mouth, <laughs> uh, the misunderstandings, which can become mountains, um, the irritations of the day-to-day, you know, the food that we don't like, yeah. the little things and the big things, yeah. the, the losses we suffer, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. griefs, uh, the, um, the addictions, the, you know, you name it Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's there for us Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know sister before we go do you have any thoughts Hmm. before we go you know I think one helpful thing actually sometimes we can can kind of live without even um, naming our suffering Mm. or an awareness of it it's just kind of like this cloud and we know something's not off and we're maybe not feeling joyful or happy but I think there's actually a power, and this would be my challenge before we go, is to actually take time to reflect this week and to actually be able to name that thing. Like, oh, I'm suffering here. Mm. This is a suffering for me. Um, whatever that is, big or little, you know, stub toe or fallout with, with a loved one or sickness or mourning, whatever it is, to name it and then to say, Jesus, be with me here. 
and to invite him in. That's beautiful. That's, I think that's my, my before we go. How about you? I love that, sister. Yeah, naming it mm-hmm. is, the f- is the first big step. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say to complement that, it's almost like um, kind of naming the two different currents that can kind of duel mm-hmm. each other in all of this. So um, just noticing attitudes and dispositions that are kind of anti-filial, mm-hmm. so like distrust or disobedience or self-reliance or this grasping or insisting or fear or whatnot mm-hmm. versus those who are that those attitudes and dispositions that are filial. Mm-hmm. So Christ-like, right? Um, surrender, trustful abandonment, um, letting it be done, um, this humility um, as kind of the path towards which to claim and receive what we desire most Mm. in those places we might be suffering, Mm. which is um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that will just draw us right into his life. But noticing, because we all battle, right? Mm -hmm. And not to be ashamed of that or to let that discourage you. Yes. But to name kind of where those tensions are playing out Mm -hmm. and say, hey, Jesus, I really want to live like Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I want to follow you here. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you help me out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I'm holding it all at arm's length. What do you want to do about that? Yeah. And let him take care of it. Yeah. And he will. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, sister. That's beautiful. Amen. Well, sister, do you want to close this in a prayer? I would love to. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you so much for being with us here and now. In every moment, we thank you for being with us in our suffering. Lord, we ask you to open our eyes to your presence in us and with us. Lord, we ask for the courage to name our suffering and to surrender ourselves to you, to run into your arms uh, with whatever we're suffering. We pray, Lord, for an anointing of your spirit upon all our family and friends, our loved ones in our life, particularly those who are going through some trial, difficulty, or suffering. Pray for mercy upon them. We place our trust in you. We know that your resurrection is greater than any darkness or evil. We give you glory, Jesus, as we pray, glory be to the Father, to to the the Son, and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, is now, and and ever shall be, world world without end. end. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A joy to be with you, sister. Good to be with you, And with everyone listening. Amen. God bless you. See you next time. Praying for you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.